Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me, as always, is the super producer, Jason. Greetings, everyone. How's it going today, Jason, here in steamy north-central Ohio? It is quite humid out here, that's for sure, and the pollen count is incredibly high. Incredibly high. All right. Listen, I don't care when this episode airs. That's probably the best forecast I've heard. You know, I mean, the most assertive forecast I've heard. Well, I think everybody, whether they whether they have allergies or not, I think they may suffer from them because of the way you said the pollen count. <laughs> well, I'll say this much. With the weathermen we have around here, that's probably also the most accurate <laughs> podcast. <laughs> most accurate one you hear. Oh, also. that's terrible. That's I know terrible. that is. That's really bad. That's terrible. <laughs> well, um we have a uh, we have a really cool guest. You know, I mean, this is let's say it, he's probably the most official guest because we're not going to count the judge or slash barrister as being an official guest because he's he makes too many appearances. So, Absolutely. but this might be the the most official guest we have and have ever had, and um, you know, we're just going to let all the Bigfoot enthusiasts if you're tuning in. You know, for this episode, um, and you think that the government is finally going to come out and unveil the fact that they know Bigfoot exists? It's true, big they they are, but that's only because I work for the government, and so I'm going to say Bigfoot exists, right? Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> so now, as everybody's turned off their <laughs> turned off the show. And said, ah, this that guy, he says Bigfoot exists every show. Like, hey, you know what? We are going to be the continual, uh, shall we say, um, the continual uh, mark to be uh, had by coming <laughs> on to this show. And if we get guests to come on to this show and tell us their experiences, we'll be able to get enough information that one day we will prove that Bigfoot exists. <laughs> I think everybody that comes on and, and tells their story already knows. They already so. know, but we <laughs> see, we want the world to know. Ah, the world knows. They just don't, you know. They just don't want to I mean, admit look, it. Right? I work for the government. If I can't say it with certainty and have people believe me, I mean, well, I mean if you can't believe the mailman, who can you believe? Good point. I was going to say. So, <laughs> All right, go ahead. So joining us today is is John, who is the naturalist at Salt Fork State Park in our backyard here in Ohio. And, and all the Bigfoot uh, people, you're good, you're, you know what Salt Fork uh, State Park's all about, you know. So, John, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we're we're... We're super excited to have oh, you. Oh yeah, on. very excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, we, you know, you're the most official person I think we've had on the show to, to talk about uh, uh, to talk about the subject. So why don't you tell tell all the audience a little bit about yourself and for those around the world that aren't familiar with uh, Salt Fork State Park, explain you know why that's such a big deal. Yeah. So I've. Uh... I grew up here about 12 miles from the park, so I actually grew up in the area uh, with all of the grass man lore and everything. And I've hunted and fished salt work my whole life, um, and I've worked here on and off since 2012. I actually transferred to another park and uh, then transferred back here. 
So for those who aren't familiar with salt fork, um, at least in the Bigfoot world, like what rock have you been sleeping under? Um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. But the, for those of you that aren't familiar with um, Salt Fork State Park, it's the biggest state park in Ohio, uh, roughly twenty-five thousand acres. It's a it's a pretty big park. Uh, lots of wildlife area, which include public hunting. Um, lots of water access areas so we're we're a big boating park and it's a really heavily trafficked park um for reasons other than bigfoot but certainly uh certainly for for bigfoot um we're also in a portion of the state here in guernsey county we're in a portion of the state that has more or less pretty continuous woodland uh for you know several counties to the north and to the south of us it's uh pretty heavily wooded um uh, to the south of us we've got all the aep land and also to the east of us um over the west virginia border it's also pretty wooded um so, so, that, have, so that just means that twenty-five thousand acre area that salt fork has yeah is surrounded by also wood. surrounded by yeah. woods yeah yeah. Okay. yeah it's uh i mean again it's a pretty heavily trafficked park uh but it's it's so big um it's so big that there's, uh, you know, there are places that people really don't go until deer season in the middle of winter, you know, uh, places like that. Uh, so the park itself was, was initially, um, was initially supposed to be a water source for the county. It, uh, it was, a it's a really large lake. We've got, I think, 74 miles of, um, of shoreline um and 29,000 acres of water so it's a uh, it, it's a pretty large lake and it was initially constructed as a county water supply um but very soon the recreational opportunities presented themselves um and the uh state government at the time decided to start buying up the remainder of the farmland all around the lake and eventually created this huge park this huge sprawling park um and that is one thing when we host events here uh like this coming september we've got the ohio women outdoor adventure weekend which is a uh which is a you get a pre-register for it online but it's an opportunity for women interested in getting outdoors uh hunting shooting you know everything from hatchet throwing to canoeing to kayaking all kinds of stuff um you know we host we've hosted it here in the past we're hosting it again this year and uh when other naturalists from other parks around the state come here that's the first thing they always say to me is this place is huge it takes forever to get anywhere um because it really is it's really large so they started buying up all this uh farmland and when i say farmland i don't necessarily mean like soybean fields and cornfields and things that you see you know in western ohio uh, there were a lot of sheep and dairy farms and small hold farms that might have a corn patch, but also raised pigs or something like that, uh, mostly because this is really rocky, you know, rugged terrain out here. So there's not a whole lot of, um, you know, flat, usable ground, per se. Uh, but they bought up all this land and created Salt Fork State Park um, and kind of, you know, a, we're still the biggest park in the state. I mean, uh, Jesse Owens State Park and Appalachian Hills Wildlife Area, uh, the wildlife area itself is bigger than Salt Fork, but the park is not. So Salt Fork is still a pretty large, uh, pretty large park. Um, and so uh, working out here, um, I mean, the Bigfoot thing has always kind of been around. It's always been sort of a, you know, local legend, but not, um, and not necessarily the, uh, not necessarily the sort of hyper, you know, uh, the, the sort of hype that it has now, uh, until monster quest came. And I think that was in 2008 monster quest came to investigate claims. Uh, they spoke to some former park officers. They spoke to, um, a few locals who had, who had had encounters in the area. Uh, and after that, I think in 2011, Finding Bigfoot came. Um, but much of the press that Bigfoot gets uh, here at Salt Fork is kind of um, thanks to 
Well, and initially it's thanks to a gentleman named Don Keating. So people in the, uh, in the Bigfoot world will probably know that name. Uh, he began hosting a conference here at Salt Fork in 05. Um, <clears throat> and his conference was a little different than what, like the, uh, the conference is today. Uh, his conference was more, he was trying to draw <clears throat> academics and researchers from all over and from different disciplines uh, and, and try to get them all in one room to sort of have a panel discussion. And he opened that up to the public. And then uh, he sort of stopped doing it. And I think in 2011 or 2012, um, the Ohio Bigfoot organization sort of picked up the torch and now the uh, Ohio Bigfoot Conference. I think it's still the largest conference east of the Mississippi. It's a huge, it's a huge Bigfoot conference, and people come from all over. That's a really busy weekend here at the park, um, and it's a, uh, it certainly is a spectacle. I don't know how much real hardcore research gets done, um, but it is, it is certainly an area where, uh, it's certainly an event where people can swap ideas. So that said. Uh, We've been doing Bigfoot hikes here at the park since, well, I mean, I, I did a one-off Bigfoot hike back in 2013 um, as kind of a special event to go along with another another event that we were having here at the park. And it was, it was sort of a one-off program. Uh, and then I transferred to another park, and actually the naturalist uh, in between my time here, she um kind of farmed it out to the bigfoot researchers she got involved with a lot of the big the local bigfoot researchers and started hosting uh hikes where the naturalist was more or less a facilitator and the bigfoot researchers actually did kind of the uh meat and potatoes of the bigfoot hike so those walks are incredibly pop popular we had one last weekend which would have been the 26th uh, and we had upwards of 350 people at it. Now, um, as cool as I think my wildflower hike is in the spring, um, I might get 20 people on a good year. Uh, but man, if I slap Bigfoot on something, I get 200 people easy. And, uh, this year, I think the large number of people, uh, is probably, we can probably attribute part of that to everyone being pent up, uh, for, you know, a year and a half and not being able to do anything. We, we only just started doing public programming in May uh, for the first time since 2020, you know, early 2020. Um, and we also did a series during, uh, kind of during the, uh, during the shutdown, we did a series on Bigfoot here at the park, uh, a, a web series. Um, the, uh, we did a web series that I mean, it it really on the ODNR's YouTube channel, uh, it's the most viewed right now. I think the last time I checked, our first our first uh, first installment of that web series was holding pretty steady at like 287,000 views. Um, and that's, I mean, if I do a if I do a video about a turtle, I'm pretty happy to get you know 600 views. That's a that's a good video, but. The Bigfoot thing is by far the most viewed. John, um, I think we discussed this. It's time to rebrand everything. Bigfoot. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the Bigfoot turtle. That's the Bigfoot wildflower. I mean, you just, you, you better run with it. If you. <laughs> right. Well, well, I want to ask you, okay, so as we, uh, you know, it, it seems like the, the state Okay, mm -hmm. uh -huh. at least the park system, it, either they're, they know a moneymaker when they see it, and that's the reason they have embraced uh, the Bigfoot phenomena. Or, I mean, that's certainly part of it. Yeah. That is, that is certainly part of it. Or, you know? is, or is it that, that because it, when, when you hear Bigfoot's you know, stories and stuff, it seems like in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s, like nobody official – Certainly not anybody of you know with the state or anything like that would have ever come out and said, "Oh yeah, yeah." We're, they were even going to entertain the idea that there was a bigfoot. Has has that kind of changed in your in your opinion, like or since you've worked there? Or uh, well, so here at Salt Fork, uh, I can't speak for anything other than like what I deal with here. 
you know, yep. uh, I can't speak for anything higher up than me or anything at any other park. Uh, what I can say is here um, we've built a relationship because uh, because the Bigfoot phenomena has been such a part of local tradition and such a part of the park. And again, you know, certainly part of it is the, the I mean, the monopolizing, you know, that's we certainly do recognize, you know, it is a moneymaker. But also, uh, if you talk to the local researchers that we work with, so I, I frequently work with um, a guy named Dave Wickham. Uh, he's from up around Coshocton. Uh, I work with, um, occasionally work with Amy Boo from Project Zoo Book. Yep, we know Amy um, Boo. We know Amy. You know Amy Boo. Yes. Yeah, Amy Boo is fantastic. <laughs> yes. yes, she is. Uh, yep. Mark Mazel, who uh, he's been involved with uh, the BFRO for a long time. Um, so I work with those folks, and uh, they'll one of the first things they say about salt work is, you know, every other park that they go do things, and and of course this this stuff is changing. Um, every other park they do things in, uh, they'll get stopped in the middle of the night. You know, uh, why are you guys hooting and hollering and banging on trees out here? Like, are you drunk? Are you, you know, what's going on? And uh, here, you know, uh, we've built kind of a uh, working relationship with the the researchers uh, so much so that you know they get stopped and it's like, oh hey, yeah, you guys uh, seen anything? And you know. Um, you know, what's going on out here? Any, any, anything, you know, exciting happening? Uh, they don't really pay it much mind when they're, when they're folks out and about. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't say that we, I, I certainly, uh, at least personally, um, it became a lot harder for me to dismiss the whole thing entirely. Uh, I used to be a much, a much more passive participant in, uh, in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Bigfoot stuff, a lot of the, like the night hikes that we do, the Bigfoot night hikes, I was a much more passive participant. I would sort of introduce, introduce the Bigfoot researchers. I would keep people, you know, safe on the trail. I would kind of shuttle between groups. Generally we have such a big group. We have to split it into two and I would sort of shuttle between groups, you know, make sure nobody's twisted an ankle or anything. And I would try to call some owls in, uh, talk about nocturnal animals, some, you know, do a naturalist thing. And, uh, and I kind of embraced the Bigfoot thing more because, uh, I mean, I was hearing a lot of stories of people who saw something, you know, um, and again, an anecdotal evidence, you have to kind of take it for what it's worth. But, you know, I was talking to enough people that didn't have um, much to gain from me. You know, I'd talk to people who I don't know anything about who would just tell me their story and then be on their way, you know. Uh, they wouldn't have, they'd never badger me like, Hey, put this up on Facebook. You know, <clears throat> here's my story. And it, and it, um, you know, it interested me that, so I became much more of an active participant in the, uh, the whole Bigfoot thing. The, um, the other reason why at least I started doing it, um, is because, you know, one thing that I noticed is people, I mean, whether you believe in Bigfoot or not, um, I, uh, I can see children start starting to get interested in, uh, critical, critical thinking and, you know, science and the environment and conservation and all of these things that, that, you know, for most of my career as a naturalist, it's always kind of a struggle to get people really passionate about, you know, you have to really have a knack to get people passionate about that stuff. Well, man. Uh, it is, um, it is great with, uh, it is great with, um, with Bigfoot because I can, you know, people immediately are on board with anything that we have to say about conservation and, and the environment. And, uh, so that's, you know, that, that's kind of a two part thing with me. And again, I'm not so much exploiting, uh, it for, you know, monetary gain, um, but I do certainly recognize that I can get people outside, um, with Bigfoot. Now that said, uh, I have heard and seen a lot of interesting things. I've actually got here at my desk right now, I've got an interesting trail camera picture that, you know, it's certainly something furry, uh, up against the, 
trail camera. I don't have anything that you would consider a smoking gun. Um, but folks have brought me little things here and there that uh, are really hard for me to explain away. One of our one of our footprints here, probably one of the best. It's it's actually one of the best Ohio footprints, according to Cliff, uh, like Cliff Barrickman because um, he's got it in his, you know, collection, but it's one of the, I've got a replica of it here at the park. Uh, came from just down the hill from A-Loop in the campground. And looking at it, you know, either somebody faked it or they didn't. You know, that's kind of the, that's kind of where you're at with it. Like, we can't say, you know, no one faked it. But I can tell you, I can tell you that um, the, that the employees here do not, uh, hoax anything. We try to maintain the integrity of the Bigfoot researchers work and maintain the integrity of it. Uh, so none of the employees hoax anything here. Um, there have been some instances where some folks have hoaxed things, uh, in the past, but it, it always, if you dig a little deeper, it always tends to be someone with an ax to grind. Um, uh, yep. you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of, if you know, if you go a little deeper into the um, subject, you know, it always ends up ends up being someone with an axe to grind. But, I mean, I've talked to some folks. Uh, I talked to a gentleman, oh, a few weeks ago. Well, I guess it was the first of the month who, uh, who was not a Bigfoot, you know, researcher or anything like that. But he was an artist um, and had an eye for detail and an eye for you know, um, measurement and scale. And he actually would, uh, um, he actually, his art, uh, this is interesting. This is like a, uh, you want to talk about like a niche art form. Uh, he restores civil war pictures of, uh, mostly canines. So civil war pictures that have dogs in them, he tries to restore the dog. Uh, he will, um, you know, if he can see, an eye and a shape of an eye and a snout, he'll try to restore that and he'll do a painting of, you know, a civil war dog, which is interesting. I, I checked out his artwork, you know, it is, it's really good artwork, but the way he does it is very fascinating because he won't, he won't use anything that is implied. He, you know, he, he only uses things that he can actually see. So if one side of the dog's face is obscure. He, he doesn't do that. So he keeps it very vague, you know, um, so he's a, he's got an interesting eye for detail, and he was out in oh let me check my notes here I think it was in January 2021 so it's a pretty recent sighting. Uh, he was out neither yeah let's see it was December December 13th 2020. Uh, he was out he and his wife and he found um, footprints in the snow and again not being a uh, not being a Bigfoot researcher, he didn't have, you know, hydrocal and water to mix together and make a impression, you know, he, uh, but what he did have was a camera. So he took out his pocket knife and dropped it in one of the footprints and took a few, um, pretty detailed pictures of them. And they're, they're very, very compelling. Um, you know, they're interesting pictures and, uh, he, uh, he had a lot to say. Um, and I was kind of fascinated in his, in his story, and again, I'm a, I'm a pretty solid fence sitter on the subject, uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, I got a biology background, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence, you know, you, uh, talk to me some days and I'm like, oh no, yeah, I totally could see a large undiscovered hominid living out here, you know, and never, ever being discovered. I could totally, totally see it. And then other days, you know, I'm like, I, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's hoax, if it's mass hysteria, what it, you know. Um, but I think that I'm not alone in that, that a lot of people are in that gray area. And I think that curiosity uh, is kind of a driving force, you know. Um, I'm, I'm always pretty fascinated to hear what the researchers have to say. Now, I do talk, I, like I said, I've, I talked to a lot of people. This past weekend was incredibly busy. And I talk to people who do obviously have um, something, you know, they saw something that altered their point of view. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't say what it was. I haven't had anything that necessarily altered my uh, point of view to the point where I, you know, 
100% believe I know there for a fact there's a Sasquatch out there, you know. Um, but I have talked to a lot of people who saw something. I've also talked to a lot of people who maybe were having a psychotic episode, you know. <laughs> like, uh, but, uh, you know, there, I, I try to – I mean, a big part of my job is just being friendly to, you know, park visitors and listening to what they have to say. And talking to them uh, about anything, you know, if you want to talk about wood ducks, I'll, I can talk about wood ducks the same as I can talk about um, Sasquatch. And, you know, that's actually after one of our one of our videos that got posted on the YouTube channel, um, I, the, the naturalist supervisor, she said, it's really fun how you can just talk about this subject like you were talking about a snake or something. And it's like, well, you know, if you like I get it that it's hard for you to picture that, you know what I mean? That it, the, it's all very tongue in cheek to you, but here it's like, it's like a part of my day to day life here at salt Fork, you know? So it's really no different than talking about a snake or a wood duck or something, you know? Well, well let's, uh, I mean, <clears throat> being not a real outdoorsy type person, how, how easy would it be for you to walk out and, really find a snake that you were talking about in oh, the video. Uh, I mean, was, is it real easy to go out and say, okay, I, I can go find this. I can go find the snake. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I know where to look. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so like, it's easier than uh, to go out and find the Bigfoot. Is that what you're Yeah, it's, it's, it is easier. But I mean, you know, here, like, I mean, I, there are things that I just have never been able to find. You know, I've never, I, I, I actually did, I did three seasons of research on Northern Copperheads uh, and I've been all over the state looking for snakes just for fun. And I've never, ever seen a timber rattlesnake out in the wild. I know they exist. I'm good friends with the, you know, I'm good friends with the uh, rattlesnake researcher, you know, they exist. Mm -hmm. I've never seen one. I've never been lucky enough to like stumble across one. Uh, every time I'm, you know, I've got a naturalist friend down in Southern Ohio. Every time I'm down in her park, I'm constantly, you know, once I'm done, once I'm done doing whatever I'm doing during the day out at night, I'm, I'm cruising the roads trying to see, you know, I just want to see one timber rattlesnake while I'm out in the wild, you know, not in an aquarium. I just want to see one. And, uh, you know, I know they exist. I've seen them in captivity, you know, seen pictures of them. I've never got to see one, at least in Ohio. I haven't got to see one. So, uh, so, you know, depending on the snake, I guess. Yeah. It's uh, but you can, you know, under, so you understand a little bit then about yeah. the people that are out, like really wanting mm -hmm. to see, see mm -hmm. a Bigfoot or the people that may have seen one. I do. Under I do. And actually one thing that we talk about with the Bigfoot folks quite a bit, like a, a, one of the things that we talk about quite a bit is like this time of year, you know, any given time we might have two or three different research groups out in the park that don't know the other one is out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, this past, this past weekend when we had the Bigfoot hike, you know, we kind of forgot that the local Bigfoot research organization was going to be staying in group camp, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there was the con some, some concern there. They were like, well, are there going to be people all, all over the place hooting and hollering and like skewing any data that we collect? And, you know, we can't answer that. I mean, I had 300 people. I can't say that some of those people didn't decide to go out and do tree knocks at 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they got all lamped up during the Bigfoot hike. I can't say, you know, uh, I can't account for every single person out there. So, you know, we've talked, uh, the Bigfoot researchers and I have talked, like, you know, it could be that occasionally, at least seasonally, you know, salt work might be a little overfished, at least on a seasonal basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause you know, how do, how do you know if there's a research group from Pennsylvania and a research group from Southern Ohio staying here and neither of them know, how do you know that when you did that tree knock, somebody didn't get real excited the next holler over who was listening for tree knocks and respond to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would uh, really have no way of knowing really. No, you have no way of knowing unless, you know, um, unless so signs in, you know, right. Unless, yeah. Unless everybody <laughs> lets us know, like well, we're here looking for Bigfoot, you know, um, now, uh, I mean, like I said, I've had, I've had lots of stories. I mean, I heard, I actually got one of the, uh, one of the webinars we did, I did kind of an overnight, I wanted to do 
a sort of finding Bigfoot-esque thing where I, you know, stayed out all night, did some squatching in the middle of the night, you know, um, for, for the webinar, you know. So I, I stayed here at the park and, uh, you know, got what could be, uh, you know, at least a possible tree knock. And I got it on, like, on video, uh, at least the audio of it. I caught it on video. I was in the middle of telling a story uh talking to my ipad you know and it was just just in the woods up at group camp you know this this nice like home run you know uh just once mm-hmm. um and you know froze me in my tracks like i stopped so it was the, you know it was a really awkward video because i'm in the middle of talking and then all of a sudden i'm sort of like staring off into the woods like i'm having some sort of episode you know Cause I, I had heard this thing and I, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I hope the mic on this was sensitive enough to pick, you know, pick that up. And it didn't just sound like my fire crackling or something, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I guess that would be the closest to like a real experience. I mean, I've heard some things, but <laughs> it's a, uh, it's sort of hard for me to, really nailed down for sure you know that that was well you know it was in march so there's no acorns dropping from trees in march you know it's it wasn't it wasn't like ice popping you know it was kind of a nice weekend so it's not like there was ice popping out in the woods you know Mm. Uh, i don't know if you've ever heard that but sometimes um you know dead trees will hold up a lot of moisture and then it'll freeze and you'll get these little ice explosions when it gets really cold you know uh, it wasn't anything like that. So, you know, something made a noise out in the woods that I couldn't right off the top of my head explain. Uh, I'm, I am not the one who, first off, I mean, I, I get, uh, you know, I, I get it. Um, why people, I like definitely get why people are reticent to come forward with any sightings, you know, um, I, because, you know, it is, even though Bigfoot is immediately recognizable, you know, you can show anybody a picture of Bigfoot and they know it's Bigfoot, you know, uh, even though it's immediately recognizable, there's still a taboo attached to it. And I totally get it. You know, I'm a, a naturalist. Like I, uh, you know, we, while we don't have, you know, street cred per se, we certainly have like, we like to compare who's got a bigger bird list, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, I certainly, you know, there's part of me that's like, well, I, uh, I'm kind of ruining my reputation as a naturalist with all this stuff, you know? Um, but then there's part of me that's like, well, you know, or maybe I'll have the last laugh, you know, (laughs) like, um, but what are some of the best? So when you just sit there and and people come up and uh, psychotic episodes aside, what are some of the best stories that you've been told out of uh salt fork that really make you go hmm you know like wow okay yeah yeah so there were two fishermen who got rocks thrown at them uh down by the cave like down by hosex cave and uh both of those guys were kind of outdoorsy types um older gentlemen you know uh, again no real no real uh horse in the race you know what i mean like no reason for them to make it up uh, that one is like, because they were both visibly shaken about it. And I, I've never had anybody like stumble into the nature center with, you know, twigs in their hair and their their clothes all torn up saying like, I just saw a Bigfoot, he threw rocks at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I've, I've had, uh, I've talked to people who've seen something and that, that one was, that one was compelling. Um, you know, one that, uh, one that kind of, fascinates me uh and actually it's uh it's a pretty well-known sighting was the walter tippy sighting on the shadbush trail uh he was out he was supposed to meet two friends um on the trail he thought they got out there before he did and he was walking down the hill and looked up and he thought he saw them on the hill on the opposite hillside and he, he sort of said hey over here you know and waved his arms and two things stood straight up, turned around, looked at him, and decided to, you know, beat it up the hill. And uh, definitely not not people, according to him. You know, they were large. There was a large one, um, you know, a very, very large one. He says, you know, maybe over eight feet. 
um, and, and, uh, and a smaller one, maybe seven feet. Um, and he said, you know, they kind of glided up the hill, like they just, they booked it up the hill. And his story, uh, I've heard multiple times, because it is kind of, it's like woven into the fabric of the park, you know, lower at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and his story, much like, um, you know, much like Bob Gimlin's story, uh, I, I can't find any discrepancies. The number of times I've heard it told, the number of times I've heard it repeated, you know, the details don't change very much, you know. Um, so, uh, that, you know, that's a fascinating one. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of another good one. Um, I mean, I've had the Bigfoot researchers, they, uh, this was actually the last year for uh, a group here hosting what's called the Bigfoot Adventure Weekend, um, where they would have families. You know, it's not really associated with the park other than they <coughs> they stay back at our group camp. Uh, they sort of host it here. Um, and they would have families and people interested in Bigfoot come out. And uh, they kind of, it's sort of a, uh, it's more of an in-depth experience than say the Bigfoot hike. Where the Bigfoot hike, we might have you for an hour and a half or two hours. This, you get the full experience, you know, daylight to dark, on into the night. They go out squatching. They do they do their thing. They set up trail cameras. They, they've had some really interesting stuff happen. Any Anything from pebbles being you know, supposedly toss at them to, uh, I mean, there was a possible actual like class A sighting, what they consider a class A sighting where they saw a silhouette kind of outlined against the moonlight, you know, um, this past year. So it's been a, uh, the, uh, the, um, sorry, I'm just kind of, uh, yeah. So this past year, you know, they've got, they get all kinds of sightings. Uh, all they, they've gotten possible vocalizations um, and they vet their sightings pretty well. I'm always very impressed with the way they vet their, their stuff. Um, so I, uh, I just, um, I, uh, I think that's a good, that's a good, um, reservoir of stories there. Um, I mean, my, the researcher that I'm closest with Dave he he really is like the walking encyclopedia of local sightings you know he he can pull stuff like oh yeah 1982 you know <clears throat> somebody saw this this thing out in the park now um there is some stuff that i can't verify out here at self work like for instance there's this local legend that one of the one of the loops in the campground got shut down because of activity at one point, I no one ever has been able to confirm that that ever actually happened. We think that that might be kind of an urban legend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't we don't have any evidence at all that um, that the uh, that the campground was ever shut down. Um, <clears throat> so no, um, is, that, is that something though? That would there be like a record? of that like yeah there should be a record that's what i'm saying is there there really ought to be a record if the campground was shut down for some reason um there should be a record uh and i can't um i can't find because that's something that i've heard too i've heard oh yeah oh yeah 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 oh yeah like that we actually had a guy who i worked with at the post office i actually have his route now and he used to go down to the Bigfoot uh, thing at Salt Fork, okay? Uh-huh. And he did. He came back and he claimed one year that there was a section of the park that they had, and I, I've never been down there, so I don't uh-huh. have any frame of reference, but that there was a road or a trail or something that was blocked off and that there was somebody there, and, said, and he's like, hey, I want to go down. And they're like, no. And it was somebody official with the park, and they said, no, no, there's – we're not letting not letting anybody down there, and he kind of jokingly asked the guy, well, you know, what is there a Bigfoot? And he's like, he's like, well, why else would we have it closed <laughs> closed down? Right. You know? And it's like, <laughs> okay, it was the guy just yanking his chain. Um, you yeah, know, like, I personally, I personally can't find any evidence of it, and I, you know, I've looked, I've talked to former employees that retired from the park. 
Um, here's my theory, like the origin story of that that particular legend. Uh, my theory is if you go back in our campgrounds, our camp our campgrounds are A, C, E, F, and G. So we're missing B, and we're missing D. All right. Mm-hmm. And the my I think the origin of that is that B and D were never never constructed. They were planned, you know, in the original blueprints for the park, like the original schematic for the park, but they were never constructed. I think that might be the seed that that urban legend came from is because we have two loops that were never, ever made, you know. Um, And I think that I think that, again, it might be a more of a local legend that sort of turned into some, you know what I mean? People talk. Um, That's kind of my thing. And I I spoke with. uh, the assistant manager about it once, you know, just saying like, where, where on earth did this come from? And we kind of both decided that that, that may have been the source of that, that particular legend. Um, I, you know, I can't, uh, I can't also, I can't, I also can't say that there might've been somebody here when that gentleman was here, you know, the road was closed because trees were down after a bad storm mm-hmm. and the guy was just messing with him. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I can't say that that wasn't the, also, a also, a, a uh, um, Could be a theory. Why? Well, let, well, let me ask you this and, and, and you may not know, but what, what would happen in the park if say there were a couple Bigfoot up there and they were really causing some trouble? I've got no idea. Yeah, like what? what, what happened? Like who? I've got, I've got. People always ask me, "What would you do if you saw one?" And I'm like, "I really couldn't tell you." You know what I mean? Like if I saw something that really made me rethink my point of view on reality, you know, I uh, I don't know. I 100% don't know what I uh, what I would do. Well, that so, and I don't know what we you know. I can't say. I mean, again, because like. I mean, you know, I am on the fence, but I work with it every day. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, for the most part, I mean, we're we're not populated by believers out here, you know. And I'm saying, I'm saying believers, you know, I'm excluding myself from that because I, again, I'm pretty firmly on the fence about the whole the whole thing, you know. And skepticism is a good thing. I think um, yes, some of them, you know, some of the more outlandish claims. I think it's people who lost their skepticism. And they're almost trying to sell themselves, you know what I mean? Like sell it to themselves. Like I saw something, you know what I mean? Um, but, and, you know, the folks that see something every time they go out, you know, they usually we... makes you think like, uh, <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Well, well, okay. So, and we kind of, t- I told you, I, one of our loyal listeners, who's a friend of ours, he sent me a question. Okay. Okay. He, it's a voicemail. Or it's a it's a little so I'm gonna play it and it may be something that you know from talking to you you may not I don't think you're gonna know this answer but it may be something that you can investigate and see okay. if you can find some so here I'm gonna I'm gonna right. this we'll, we'll, we'll play right. hey guys this is Todd longtime sponsor first time caller I had a question for your guest John. A few years back, I was at a conference where Mark DeWorth was the featured speaker and heard a story about a couple that was camping at Salt Fork State Park, and they saw a Bigfoot. And so when they went to leave, they went to the ranger station and reported it, and they were surprised that the rangers seemed kind of disinterested and didn't really pay much attention to their story. So they were kind of disappointed, but as they went to leave... The ranger paused, raised his head, and asked them, Hey, which one did you see? The gray one or the brown one? And he said the reason he asked is because most people that report sightings there either see a gray one or a brown one. And I just wanted your take on that whole thing. How about that? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard that one. Uh, I thought you were going to ask about the... uh... There's a there's a story again. It's one that I can't verify that uh, supposedly somebody uh, the rear end of somebody's car got picked up by something as they were trying to sort of speed off. Um, you know that's uh, 
that's kind of one of the local the the local favorites um and that kind of has the same sort of vibe where there was a couple who you know were camping they saw something they got in their car and whatever it was you know they had a very small car and whatever it was picked up the back end of their car uh you know another one that's kind of impossible for me to verify um as far as that goes uh which would like the which one did you see the gray one or the you know um the reports that we get from the park uh vary a lot uh in color shape you know um there have been accounts of a reddish brown uh colored one uh that i i can't and how long i i'd like i'd be interested in knowing how long ago that was and which officer they talked to um because that is an interesting story i can't well, i you know i don't have i don't have any way of like again we don't have any records it just to give you a little perspective so because of the popularity of the YouTube videos, uh, we we actually got, and this is the first time I've ever had to deal with this in my time, like my tenure at the state with the state. Uh, we got a public records request um, in response to some of the videos. Uh, we got a public records request to, you know, it's basically like a FOIA request, you know, only on a state level. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, to, you know, anything to do with Bigfoot, Sasquatch sightings, whatever, and parks. And, you know, we basically had to send the guy my presentations because that's all we had. You know what I mean? Really? Uh, yeah, we didn't, because there, there, there were no, there were no reports, you know, and it's just, I think part of it is, you know, it's not necessarily taken seriously. So I don't know that anybody goes through the effort of like, filing an actual report or anything like that because it is you know uh it's sort of a fringe thing so as far as that story goes that's an interesting story uh, and i'm definitely gonna have to run that one by dave um because i hadn't heard that one especially in the context of like oh somebody saying you know which one did you see um but one fascinating thing about this part of ohio is uh there is a there's actually a, a propensity for uh white uh, bigfoots of uh, like um sightings of white bigfoot here you know uh like possibly albino um creatures i know uh don one of don keating's more famous videos uh he captured what appeared to be a grayish white animal moving down a, a service road you know um and that's we're in an area known as the sasquatch triangle i don't know if you're familiar with that term um no, but it's no, that's one i've never heard before I'm really yeah. uh, it's like uh it's, you know salt fork kind of coshocton part of coshocton and part of tuscarora's county okay. um right. make up you know uh, again that's sort of don keating's phrase the sasquatch triangle and uh, there were reports of white ones, um, but you know, I mean, I, I can tell you, I'm in like the thick of it. I deal with the researchers all all the time. I listen to people's stories all the time, and we, I've gotten. There's no, I have no, uh, you know, <laughs> there's nothing for me to. I, I don't have like a, uh, I, you know, we don't have, we don't keep track of anything. Uh, I've only just started keeping track of reports. Like when people come to me and say, Hey, I saw something. I got a notebook down at the nature center in a map. People can put pens in, you know, and if they want to write their story in a notebook, I'll, I'll listen to them. They can write their story down. Um, you know, but generally speaking, like people who see things here, they report it to the BFRO where they report, where they report it to, you know what I mean? Like they're not reporting it. We've said that numerous times. Like, yeah. Okay. So if you see a Bigfoot or a dog man or something, who do you really report it to? Right. Yeah. And that's the, I mean, we've, we've found out now, okay. For how many years did pilots see UFOs and, they were told, don't bother reporting it. What are you going to report? You're going to risk your career. Right. Risk your career. And yeah. now we're basically being told by the same entities that told them not to report it. Yeah, 
we we got some stuff, you know. We got, yeah, you know, we got they're they're real. You well, know? it's just, it's just like for the uh, the reports, some of the reports over there at uh, Salt Fork about the uh, Bigfoot. I mean, like when somebody says that their th- rocks are being thrown at them, like those two yeah. fishermen. I mean, right. that is typical Bigfoot behavior, not in just right, this yeah. area, but anywhere where there's squatching. You hear people talking about that. So yeah, you're right. a naturalist. What else you got running around in Salt Fork that throws rocks? No, that's it, uh, and that's what I say a lot. Is you know, <laughs> and and you know we we spoke a little bit when you contacted me about this podcast where we were talking about some of the supernatural aspects of things. You know, I always tell people I'm kind of a nuts and bolts, uh, flesh and blood sort of guy. Like if I. <laughs> Again, I'm kind of I'm on the fence about the whole situation, but if I, uh, you know, if pressed, I'd say, okay, if it exists, I'm guessing it's a wild animal, and that's just me. I'm not to the point where I'm cynical about it, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm get, you know, it says naturalist on my shirt, not supernaturalist, you know? <laughs> like it's a, it's a. We're gonna get you a shirt that says supernaturalist. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but you know, I, uh, I um. And again, I, you know, my, I got, I got, I, my position here, you know, I straddle both, kind of both worlds as far as the Bigfoot stuff goes. Is, you know, I'm, I've gone to a lot of the conferences. Uh, I went to a fantastic conference up in Coshocton back in May. Um, the, uh, you know, I, I see see the Bigfoot researchers. I got a pretty good relationship with most of the Bigfoot researchers. I, uh, I don't, um, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I started, I kind of embraced the Bigfoot thing more. And then I did these, I did these videos on YouTube and, uh, Man, what a, you know, what a strange world. I went to the conference and I I was this like real low level Bigfoot celebrity all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> um, and, uh, it was a, it was a really strange thing. Um, you know, signing, I mean, I was signing autographs, taking pictures, not, not so much like that, but you know, I was getting stopped like by a lot of people who saw the videos. And I mean, like a lot of people who saw the videos would stop and say, you know, Hey, there's, you know, we just wanted to say, thanks for doing these videos. They were fantastic. I mean, one guy told me they were boring, but you know, what does he know? Right. Did you, yeah, we're not trying to sensationalize anything. We're just trying to get to the right. Time. Yeah. Right. 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 That's my, that's my thinking is it's just kind of, you know, I was trying to stick more or less with the, uh, with what I know. And, you know, you joked at the beginning about the government, um, coming, like I got accused of that at one point earlier this year of like acknowledging Bigfoot. And I, 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 I'm telling you what I'm like, I said, what I was saying now where I'm like, I'm here's just the, here are the Bigfoot things. This is our local lore. This is the historical aspect of, you know, Bigfoot sightings. I never, I never said one way or the other, you know, even so much as what I, what I personally believe, you know, mostly what I talked about was, you know, here are the sightings, here are the things that we, you know, frequently deal with here at the park as far as sightings go. Um, here are the, you know, here are the researchers. I had a few of them on. It was, uh, um, you know, it was, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, certainly like, I mean, there's a there's a whole lot to unpack with the Bigfoot stuff. You can go as in depth as you want with it, you know. I mean, you guys know that. There's a whole lot oh, to unpack yeah. with the Bigfoot stuff, um, and that goes, you know, that goes with anything. I mean, but uh, I just, I, uh, you know, I, I not like I said, I don't know what I would do if I were driving out of the park one night after a night hike and something I can identify stepped out of the woods. And, you know, I was 100% certain it wasn't a person in a suit trying to mess with me because, you know, I'm the naturalist and I do the Bigfoot stuff. You know what I mean? If I really, truly couldn't identify it, I really don't know what I would do. Um, as far as, like, you know, we're, I mean, our goal, you know, my goal with the, uh, with the park out here is to have, is to have people out and about in the park. So, you know, we're certainly not, like, 
I, you know, we mentioned before, we do maybe exploit the Bigfoot thing a little bit, but we're certainly, we can certainly appreciate the number of people that gets outside, participated in recreation, you know, yeah. thinking about conservation. I've said it before, like, Bigfoot is immediately recognizable. You know, if you, you throw a Bigfoot air freshener up in your car, you're making a statement and people can tell <laughs> something about you. Yeah, you know what I mean? stinks. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, I've said I've said before. I think you know Smokey Bear ought to retire, and we should put Bigfoot there. Oh I mean, man! You know what I mean? Hey, you. Man, like, you know what? You, you know, keep, you keep thinking like that. You're gonna those wildflower hikes are gonna get. It, yeah. <laughs> well, well, John. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can go check out this? Uh, your Bigfoot videos, like on your on the YouTube channel. What's the YouTube channel again? Yeah, so if you go on the U, the ODNR's YouTube channel, if you just if you just uh, search ODNR, that's Ohio Department of Natural Resources, mm-hmm. uh, Sasquatch webinar, or just Sasquatch, it will probably be the first thing that pops up. There's a there was a single um, where well, there was a single one um, back in October. 2020 and uh, it did so well that that led to us doing a four-part series this past march um that also did pretty well uh so you can find all those on the odnr's youtube channel um if you're interested in participating in the bigfoot night hikes uh we have one coming up on july 10th uh that will start we kind of kicked off uh with a campfire sort of situation at 7 p.m. on July 10th, uh, we have local researchers coming. Um, they tell stories. They bring out footprints. They do things like that. Uh, um, we also have another one coming up August 14th. Uh, same thing. So it starts the uh, campfire portion of it starts at 7 p.m. And then we do the hikes kind of closer to dark. We do a uh, we do a, like a family friendly uh, hike that is before you know it's still daylight out people can see kids don't get spooked out nice. uh and then we, we've got one that we call the adult hike but people assume that that means like i don't know what we're telling i'm gonna call it the adult hike because it's after dark and you know we we're like and everybody's, drink, re- everybody's drinking and- no yeah that's it <laughs> okay. that's it everybody like i get a lot of questions on facebook like what's the adult hike is that like it's like, no, 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 it's, that- it really, yeah, it really is. It, we just mean it's after dark and it's maybe a little more serious, a little less tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they try to do, they try to do maybe some more of the sciencey stuff, you know, uh, they'll bring out their, their special gadgets, their, uh, night vision stuff and things like that. Um, and you know, it, honestly, I love doing the kids hike. The kids hike is always just phenomenal. Uh, the family hike's good, you know, it's good, but I, the kids hike, the kids are fantastic. You know, um, I love doing that one. So if you want to participate in those, uh, this summer, the ones that we have scheduled, we we try to do them once a month and we try to do them in some sort of proximity to a holiday if we can help it. Um, the, uh, so July 10th and the, uh, 14th of August, I think are the two, the two dates we have left. Um, our, our last one. Uh, was this past weekend and they're free there's no pre-registration required uh, i will say they've been pretty popular so uh get there early you know get your spot in the parking lot um and everything and if you have any information uh you can contact us on the salt fork state park facebook page um if you have any if you have any questions you want information about any of the hikes or anything like that uh, a good way to contact us is at the salt fork state park facebook page um, we usually try to get back to you pretty quick. Um, so yeah, yeah. And I, you know, the Bigfoot community overall, uh, has, they're, um, they're so welcoming, you know, uh, they're phenomenal people. I've had, I've had almost no negative experiences with the Bigfoot community. You know, um, they're always, they're always super welcoming. I mean, I do a, uh, I do a tick presentation about you know about black-legged ticks for uh for a couple of different bigfoot groups before they go to their before they go out and do their their thing um and the uh you know they they, they've all been really appreciative about that like i do a little tick safety talk um 
with with them and I actually had a guy that said, you know, hey, I got bit by a tick. I kept the tick. I did everything that you said. And, you know, my doctor said, like, man, it is a good thing you, you know, you did what you were supposed to with this. Like, because, you know, he said he got bit by a tick. He kept it. He got a little bit of a rash. So he went to his doctor and, uh, you know, he actually wrote us and saying, like, oh, hey, thanks for that. Um, so we, you know, like I said, it's not just the Bigfoot thing. I try to work with them. Um, I try to work with them for other things too, but they're, uh, they're a great group. They do, they do, you know, they're a group that definitely leaves the place nicer than they found it. You know, mm-hmm. um, they don't tear things up. Uh, they're, they're fun to work with. Um, uh, one thing that I've noticed, um, you know, Bigfoot aside, uh, that's an opportunity where you get multiple like-minded individuals together and they have a good time. They discuss things, you know, they're outside. Um, you don't see that very often where you, you know what I mean? You get larger groups of people who, uh, who all, you know, all are trying to achieve the same goal and in a positive way, you know? Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they're really, really great to deal with. And again, you know, I can't complain. It gets people out in the park. Um, I'm personally very interested in it myself. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. my Bigfoot library has grown like immensely, Uh you know, like, (laughs) well, I will will say, I will say this, John, I do think for somebody that's, you know, saying that they're on the fence, I do think you are a great representative for both sides of that fence. Absolutely. And for well, anybody, thanks. And that's, yeah, for anybody that, that, that you know, gets to um, make it to Salt Fork and, and engage with you, you know, whether it's their Bigfoot hunting or, or whatever, I think, I think they're in good hands uh, with you for sure. Because it does sound like you – you know, you're going to listen to what people have to say and you're going to kind of, you know, not force your opinion and say, hey, look, I, I've i never seen enough evidence, you know, one way or the, you know, to prove or disprove. You know what I'm saying? You, it sounds like you are going to uh, engage everybody in, in whatever their viewpoint is and do yeah, the best. Yeah, you're willing to listen to yeah, them. Yeah, do the best yeah. you can, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. So I think, I think Salt well, Fork's thanks. a great, Salt Fork and the Bigfoot community are in good hands with you out there running that. Oh, uh, thanks. Oh, that absolutely. Show. Yeah. absolutely. Oh, no, thanks. But I yeah, do want to uh... say, I do want to say, you got to stop looking for that copperhead, or you're going to miss Bigfoot. Right. You're going to be looking down, <laughs> be looking down for the copperhead. Right. Yeah. Looking down, depending on the time of year, you know, looking up for warblers and stuff, or looking down. You know what I mean? We're either looking straight up or straight down. You know. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I agree. <laughs> well, we, Hey, I really appreciate you coming on talking to me and Jason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I want to encourage yeah. everybody to go check out the, uh, o- ODNR YouTube, check out your videos, watch mm-hmm. the turtle ones too, people. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, let's get the numbers for the turtle. Hey, turtles lives matter. Turtles lives matter. <laughs> that's right. Turtle, that's right. <laughs> and, and I do want to, and I'm not trying to cause any trouble between any of the other big footers, you know, the researchers or your significant other, but Amy boo did text me and tell, and wanted me to pass a message on to you that she loves you. She'd do anything for you. That she thinks you're the best. So <laughs> I love Amy, Amy Boo too. She's I, she's fantastic. We do. And you know, she's also like yeah. she's an educator. So hearing her talk is always fantastic. You know what I mean? That's her day job, but she's an educator. So That's hearing right. her speak is uh is always a joy because she she is able to do. You know, part of my job here is to take complex like ecological concepts and break them down into sort of digestible pieces for the public. Yes. And, uh, man, you know, someone who can do a really good job of that, Amy Boo, like that's, you know, she's really good at taking things and breaking them down. She's a great communicator. Um, and her stories are always phenomenal. So oh, that makes me happy. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have the, to text Amy. The one time that I went Bigfoot and that these guys drug me out was with Amy Boo and, God darn it, if we didn't have an experience. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's just Amy Boo being with Amy Boo or what, but, you know, I don't know. 
I had good experience with her, and and she's she's become a good friend. And yep, and I, I, it was a great time. Yeah. I was out there on that expedition as well, and I noticed one thing. Uh, this was sort of like an impromptu thing. She had very little preparation, yet she was able to bring a large group out there and still be able to uh, where everybody learned a little something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. and that's you know that's uh that that like tests your that definitely tests your skill yes when you know that <laughs> that unexpected tour bus shows up yes. you know yep. uh so yeah that's well that's fantastic and we well, thanks. like a bunch of little kids so she i, she I would imagine <laughs> she was like yeah teaching. Well, thank you john we appreciate <laughs> you coming on the podcast here yeah no problem yeah we we love it and if and keep in mind if you do get somebody who has some good stories or experiences out well, there Pass them along to you for don't, sure. And don't forget them to send them our way. Yeah, yes. definitely won't. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, John. And hopefully, hey, no problem. Hopefully, we'll make it out there sometime, and we'll be able to hang. Yeah, out look maybe, me up if you do. Maybe do a little Bigfoot nurse with you. That's that would be fantastic. <laughs> so, all right, John. Hey, thanks again. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.